1: over. Welcome to Raw Beauty Talks. I'm your host, Erin Trellor. Ready to peer behind the highlight reel and all those polished pictures of the world's biggest influencers and wellness experts? We're going to uncover what beauty, health, and wellness truly means in today's world. As someone who really struggled with disordered eating and negative body image, I became a health coach because I'm passionate about redefining health and wellness so that it's less about the weight on the scale and more about how we feel. Let's pull back the curtain for some Raw Beauty Talks.
0: Today's guest is somebody who I'm pretty sure we could all use a little more of in our life. I'm like, Jane, can you just come stay at my house for a few weeks, actually forever? (laughs) Keep (laughs) it tight over here. Mm -hmm. Jane Stoller is joining me on the podcast today. She is a professional lifestyle and business organizer, a public speaker. You've written two books. I believe a third book is on the way. You have been featured, in press. All over the map, but it seems like your specialty is Forbes, which is super cool. Love it. I'm so excited to talk to you today about decluttering and how that can support our well being.
2: Well, thank you so much for having me. And this is a super important topic, especially right now. We're coming into spring. So I feel like we're even more cluttered than we need to be. So it's a perfect time to address this. Oh, yes.
0: So, Jane, how did you get into this work,
2: first of all? Like,
0: how does one become this professional organizer?
2: So, I think everybody has a different path to it. But when I was six years old, I started to become naturally organized. I started organizing, you know, stuffed animals and books and color coding. Even my pet cats, that would never stay put. But it was just, it's ingrained in me. And if you have kids between the ages of six, six and eight, you can actually see some behaviors towards being organized or help make those behaviors so for me it was quite natural you know it was my passion I just loved doing it I loved helping you know my classmates my teachers it just evolved I did this all through university you know we're both from Canada I thought I had to go to university and get a real job so I did that for you know a long time then I went to get an MBA and I thought okay still need a real job so I devalued my organizing passion for 15 years But um, I was always still organizing homes on the side, my colleagues at work, organizing business processes. So eventually, uh, well, five years ago now, uh, I made this my full-time job.
0: I love it. And it really took off for you. Like, um, it it sounds like when you leaned into that thing that was innately a gift within you, everything just started to
2: flow. It didn't take off at first. I tried to do it uh, 15 years ago, and I failed the first time. I wasn't ready to market myself, I, I didn't have any coaches, there wasn't many like, podcasts like this, or spaces where entrepreneurs could really get mentors, so I did fail the first time, I tried to do it, yeah, almost 15 years ago I failed, I went back to the corporate world, so it wasn't super easy, but I still always did it as a side hustle for then the next 10 years until I really took the, the next entrepreneurial leap and hired a coach and said, "This is going, my passion is going to be my business and I need support, and I'm going to do this.
0: Oh wow. Okay. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because from the outside world it was like, it seems like you started it and everything just fell into place. But that is so incredible to hear. And I think a lot more uh realistic for people who are starting businesses mm-hmm. in that it's not easy. And we can find ourselves, you know, in a place that we're gonna that you just labeled failure, but really it sounds like that kind of was a stepping stone to understanding what you
2: needed in order to succeed doing this. I love the way you put that. And it is a stepping stone or whatever way we call it. But I think as an entrepreneur, there is so many hiccups. And of course it looks perfect on Instagram and you know on our websites. But really deep down, any business has so many challenges and struggles. And so does working in the corporate world. So I think we all need to address those and still go for your passions, but Really, you know, know that there is going to be some setbacks and hire people to help you and and keep going.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how many coaches I've worked with in all areas of my life. And it just really takes the game to the next level. I'm so curious to know whether you think that organization is something or a skill that somebody is born with or something that somebody learns.
2: I get this question all the time because a lot of people, clients or friends or acquaintances come and say, I'm not organized. I never will be. It's my, my mom's not. I'm not going to be. So um, it is totally not genetic. We could all learn to be more organized. And it's a skill we need to work on. And some of us are maybe more naturally. It comes to us more naturally. And that's great. And other things perhaps don't. And that's completely normal, but it is a skill, just like doing our taxes or learning different things we need to learn as in in life or um, budgeting, whatever it may be. It's a skill that we need to learn and continually work on. Even myself, it's I'm not always organized, <laughs> and it's always create getting more organized or creating different systems. But we can definitely learn the skill. If you need support, just like anything else, if you you know a weight loss support, you hire somebody or look online. Organizing is the same thing, and I'm really hoping that even there's a class someday in schools that we can teach our kids to be more organized because it's one of those life skills where we don't really focus on. It's just like, oh, I'm not organized. I never will be. That's not a good mindset.
0: (laughs) Mm. So when I think back to myself at six years old, I also loved organization systems. Even when I think about like the desktop on my computer or the filing systems, I've always been inclined to put them in place and felt more calm. And you know, all the things that come along with being organized when they're there, where I struggle, and especially since becoming a mom, when there's just more people to manage and more stuff and all the things is maintaining those systems, like I put them in place. And then three days later, The drawer that we put all the hair stuff in, it's like a bomb has gone off there. Or, you know, whatever it is, the art cupboard has exploded or whatever it is. So I am excited to talk to you a little bit about some practical pieces around organization and to get some real tips for you that people can apply in their homes, in their businesses. But before we dive into that, I just want to talk about the way that clutter impacts us on emotional, mental level. Can you touch on that at all?
2: Yeah, this is huge. I've done so much research. Um, decluttering for Dummies is one of my books. And the first part of it with four chapters is dedicated to mental decluttering and how it affects our focus, our relationships, our kids, our surroundings, our jobs and careers. So really mental clutter and You know, that means stuff on your desk, in your closet, anything around you that you see. Also, your brain. You know, we have so many things going on. We have notifications. We have, you know, emails. We have, you know, work we should be doing. We have personal items. So our brains are cluttered more than ever. And also our digital lives. So all of that together, we are really just completely mentally um, cluttered. And a lot of the research points to lack of focus even in kids, they're they're linking some things to even ADHD and things that are really causing issues because they have too much stuff and they are overwhelmed. Um, they're also overwhelmed with their schedules. And it's just, it's really becoming an issue now. And I think it's all being linked back now to clutter and organization where before we, we didn't, you know, back in the day or, you know, 30 years ago, we didn't have that much stuff and we weren't that connected. So there's a lot of linkages between the two. And of course there's also, if it gets really bad in terms of hoarding, which is the disease and that's when you physically can't get rid of stuff. So there is a lot of issues that come with clutter, whether it be physical or digitally or in your head.
0: Mm. I love that you just, Touched on that. That right now we have more than we've probably ever had. More stuff in our space, so physical clutter, but also just more notifications, more access to information online, more tools at our disposal, more connection to people through social media. So there's just more, more, more. And I imagine that 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 the brain, the human, the human mind can only handle so much like can only process so much so how do we navigate this
2: well there is now a lot of research coming up and a lot of you know retreats are coming up with you know digital free and reducing not bringing much stuff with you so now there's this shift going on by saying okay you actually need to take a break from your stuff from your clutter and totally detach so that's one way that people who are totally overwhelmed i find are starting okay i'm gonna take a a three-day detox, whatever it is, not shop, not look at my notifications, or maybe it's I'm going to take a three-day decluttering, and get rid of stuff. So that's kind of a first step. I see a lot of people gravitating towards, with their families as well. We're doing a three-day no or weekend no 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 technology and no buying, and that's really tough. And it's kind of a first step. So those little things to say, okay, we need to as a we need to make a decision on how we're going to start. And then maybe implement a few of those into your daily life, like no notifications after six, or you hire someone to take care of your emails, or you have a prearranged pickup for items once a month in your home from Salvation Army. Those little things are going to make a big difference in terms of getting rid of that clutter.
0: Mm. So you think sometimes we just got to cut the cords, like we're taking a digital detox, or we're tackling that entire cupboard right now, whatever it is, or we're going to stop the purchasing. Basically, we're putting a scratch in the patterning that we play out to give ourselves a little separation from what has
2: become the norm. I like the way you said that. That's very official. And I love it because it is, you know, creating that new habit. I do always say start small, but sometimes you do need to take the radical action like, okay, I'm going to tackle this whole cupboard and then create a new system. But like you said, it can also in three days later become havoc again with kids like the paints are organized and three days later they're disorganized so maybe that perfectly organized system wasn't wasn't the way it should be and your kids need to say okay mom I need to actually have a space that I can leave a little bit of a mess and create that system together because perfection is not the goal but creating some more calm and relief with your organizing systems.
0: And at the end of the day our our homes are These living, breathing extensions of us in a way. So as you said, it's not like we're living in a bubble and we put the paints away or we file those papers and they're never coming out again. We kind of consistently have to have the system in place and then check in with it, like be using it, be in relationship with the system that is there.
2: Oh, I love that. yes, be in a relationship with it because I tell a lot of my clients, especially my business clients, every single day you need the 10 minute declutter and that can be updating your systems, you know, rearranging your files. It has to be part of your you can't just organize your house or even hire a professional organizer um, once that's it. It needs to really be a, a shift in mindset and a continual shift. And I hope that it becomes so natural and fun that you just do it automatically. And it becomes instilled in your home and say, oh, this isn't working. Let's create a new system. Let's find a new way to do this. So we're so obsessed with perfection and having it look perfect, but really it's constantly being updated and you have to give time every single day to it. Mm, Like all good things. Exactly.
0: Discipline around it. Yeah. Creating space and time to continue working on it, which I know everybody who's listening right now, it feels like we don't have time to do these things, but I think sometimes we get overwhelmed by the idea of starting and it feels like it's going to be this big thing. And and so then we don't do it and we procrastinate and the pile of laundry gets bigger or the dishes continue to pile up where we, you know, our closet looks like Kremlins have been through it. (laughs) It's just S-H-I-T everywhere. So, okay, this feeling of overwhelm that I think probably becomes a bit of a barrier to a lot of people even starting. How do you navigate that with people?
2: So that we, we talked a little bit in the be, in the beginning about you know doing a radical shift, you know, going three days only organizing or shutting off technology. But well, that doesn't always work for some people. But if it's serious overwhelm and you need to make a radical shift, something like that would probably help start the mindset shift. However, for a lot of people, it's the simple shift of the reason you're listening to this podcast probably triggered something in your mind, is saying okay this space has been really causing me stress, or I don't have enough time to start my side business because of X, Y, and Z. So there's something already in your brain that's saying, I don't have enough time. I feel disorganized in this space or situation. So those are the areas that I would like the listeners to really think about, even write down right now and say, those are the ones I'm going to tackle first. Whether it's a closet, it's an attic, it's it's an office, it's your email. Whatever it is that you're disorganized about, it It could be multiple, but there's probably one that you can give priority to. And start small, whether it's email. Okay, say I'm going to dedicate 10 minutes a day to unsubscribing. I might hire somebody. I'm going to create some folders. I'm going to spend 10 minutes a day organizing it. I'm only going to check it twice a day. Something tangible that you can do right away on that most stressful organizing. If it's the closet, Maybe have a friend over and dedicate one day to that. Or, you know, start with your pants, start with your sweaters, start with your dresses. It's spring. It's the perfect time. So pick that area and start really small. I
0: remember reading The Art of Tidying Up by Marie Kondo, and she recommended taking everything out of every drawer and piling it in the middle of your home and then sorting through it, which I'm sure works for some people that felt like an immediate no to me because that to me feels incredibly overwhelming. So I think with any of this stuff, you've really got to know yourself and recognize which method is going to work the best. Do you need to spend a weekend at home and just really focus in on the decluttering? Or does it feel good to take a little corner like your bedside table or the closet and spend an hour one evening really purging that, taking things out, donating, doing your little piles, tackling that one area, and then moving to the next? Because I imagine this is a bit of a personal process.
2: I love that you said that. 100% right. So again, if it's a complete overwhelm, maybe it's that Marie Kondo method, where you take everything out, you need to do a major shift. But for most of us, that is overwhelming. So I do suggest starting small. And, you know, Marie Kondo does have a lot of great tips in terms of looking at your stuff in a different way. You know, she suggests writing letters to it to say how much you appreciate it. And if you can't do that, why is it even in your home? So a lot of great tidbits on that. <laughs> yes, I but again, love
0: that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know for me, again, if it would be practical to write a letter, but just even having that moment where it's mm-hmm. like, Do you feel connection, again, to the things in your life and a sense of gratitude? I know she she asks the question, does this spark joy for you? Or do you just have a bunch of stuff? Again, we're in relationship with our environment. And if it's just a bunch of stuff that you don't connect with or align, align with, it's going to make you feel out of alignment as an individual, which
2: we start to see stress, anxiety, depression, all of
0: these things.
2: 100%. And a lot of this has to do with the stuff around us. And it's not even us bringing it in. A lot of the time, it's our kids bringing it in from grandparents, from birthday parties, from schools. So, and now they're cluttered as well. So it's a lot of times this stuff comes in, you know, you get mailed samples or depending on your industry and you get so much stuff. So a lot of it's not even our fault that we're not even consuming it, but it's still entering our homes and taking up that valuable space that we're still, it's taking a mental you know, a few seconds when I look at it and think about it and I have to move it and dust it or whatever else that is still causing the mental clutter in your brain.
0: I love what you said earlier about kids feeling overwhelmed with a lot of stuff as well. And I 100% agree and notice this with both of my kids and the areas of the home where they have their containers with all of their stuff. When those become too full, they no longer go to play with that stuff. But when I take it out and remove some of the items, or even just change the location around a little bit, they're so much more likely to engage with it. It's also interesting because up in Whistler, we have books, we have a container with wood blocks, and then probably about a total of 10 other random toys. The two things that they play with are the snakes and ladders game, Uno, and the blocks. The other stuff they don't really touch or play with. And other than that, they're out on their bikes, they're off skiing, they're playing outside, digging in the dirt. At home, we have more toys, more stuff. And what I find at home is they're often coming to me saying, I'm bored, or what should I do? And I I have a feeling it's partially the overwhelm of not knowing what to turn to or where to go there's
2: too many options so I did a lot of research on kids for decluttering for dummies there's one chapter related completely to kids I don't have kids myself yet but I researched and chatted with about 50 homes with kids and the same constant theme is saying our kids are really overwhelmed with this stuff and there was a lot of You know, ideas that came from different sources and, you know, having, you know, 10 toys at a time and then re-engaging the next 10 toys or having your kids involved in the donating process by actually saying, okay, we have a a month-to-month donate to kids that are in need or we're going to drop it off at a shelter, something like that to get them involved. Because 100%, you are right, the kids are completely overwhelmed. They don't know what to play with because they have too much stuff. And again, that stuff usually comes from different sources now. <laughs> so it's hard for us to control as well. But it's also the kids have access to be able to see this stuff a lot more online where before they didn't have that as well. So they are also cluttered in their in their brains as well. But they've grown up with that versus we have not. But um, the kids are still completely overwhelmed.
0: We have talked a lot about this, Scott and I, and both agreed that We wanted to keep the gifting of toys to special holidays, or we also use things like Easter rather than having 700 chocolates. We'll do like some chocolates, but then they'll get something that they need. Like they need new running shoes right now and they both need new bathing suits. So they're going to, at the end of the Easter egg hunt, they'll get a couple items that they need, like again, maybe a new booker or whatnot. And same with Christmas and then their birthdays. And outside of that, we don't really bring or buy toys for them. They can get books, as many books as they want at the library and that type of thing. And that's really helped us with just managing the amount of stuff that's coming in the door. It's tricky for them because they go to the toy store to get birthday presents for their friends And of course, they want all of the things. And we say, of course, like, totally understand that you want that. Let's add that to your wish list of things. And um, at the same time, we're here to shop for your friend, right? And so let's focus on getting them something that they would like. That's been helpful in just managing the amount of stuff.
2: Oh, that's an amazing tip, and I think for anybody listening with kids, that's a huge tip, and also very challenging. It requires a lot of discipline, and it's it's tough as well because you're right. The kids see all of this stuff, and they see it on their iPads now before even before they they don't get to toy stores. So there's it's very challenging, and I think right now you know consumerism started. You know, after World War II, we started to get big houses and move to the suburbs, and that's when we had to fill these big houses, and now. Our houses are actually getting smaller, as you know, in Vancouver, we're having less space and we're living in denser places. And so this is, you know, we need to actually make a shift now and say how much stuff is too much. And a lot of us are, you know, concerned about the environment and sustainable living. And we recycle so much, but we forget that the shopping we do is just contributing to that and the kids' toys and all of that is actually really bad for the planet. So I'm I'm a big advocate for pre-loved items or, you know, we got to think about less shopping is really helping the environment more than anything.
0: I totally agree. And I'm on the pre-loved train. You have all heard me talk about renting dresses from shop, the collective and my friends at James and co who do beautiful pre-loved clothing. I'm all about it right now. The fashion industry and textiles, I believe is one of the top contributors to environmental destruction. It is. And so I would, I mean, this is the perfect segue into the closet, which I feel like is an area for a lot of people that can get discombobulated because we're wearing our clothes all the time and we're trying things on. And then there's the laundry that's just this never ending thing that's always there. And so I would love to hear if you have any tips for managing the closet area.
2: Oh, I have so many tips and I'm so excited you brought up pre-love because even kids now, there's so many pre-love sites we can go to and marketplace and buy nothing groups I've heard about as well. A lot of suburbs have them. So you always put stuff on there for no cost and give, there's so many options. And I think as a first step, when you're thinking about, you know, my closet overhaul is spring. Think about the other places you could be giving these clothes to. So my first tip is to have a box in your, you know, a box or a bin, you know, label it, put it in your kid's closet one as well and label it donate. And this is a huge thing because we can everything you have in your closet, somebody else can be wearing. So that box staring at you every single day is going to be a huge help for your kids and for your family and for you to put something in so that's the first tip just put that box in there or you know there's really nice you probably have a basket in your home you can label donate (laughs) just put that in your closet as a reminder and the next tip is to really evaluate this season we're coming into spring look back at your winter wardrobe what did you not wear this year if you didn't wear it likely let it go. I know there's coats you might wear or things, but if it's an expensive item, can you sell it at a pre-loved location, make some money, but evaluate those winter items, go through it ruthlessly, have a friend if you need, if you didn't wear it, why did you not wear it? That should either go in the donate or the sell pile right away.
0: Oh, this is immediate anxiety for me thinking about (laughs) how many pieces in my closet have been hanging there. For a long time, especially dresses, right? You wear it to an event that in the last few years, we haven't really been going to a lot of events or anything like that. And then it hangs there just staring at you. Actually, you stop seeing it after a while. And for me, I tend to wear probably the same 20 items of clothing in total, including pants and shirts and even bras over and over and over again. And everything else hanging there I don't know what it's doing. (laughs) I don't know what I'm waiting for.
2: (laughs) And that's okay. You know, if you didn't wear it last, I'm being very harsh. If you didn't wear it last winter, it should go in either of these piles, sell or donate. But again, dresses, we could, I I typically wear the same five dresses though for events and for appearances. So those are my go-tos. You know, the other two, five or six that I have sitting there, I'm probably going to try on this spring as well and say, okay dress for success is a great charity they need dresses right now like who else can you really think that can use this because guaranteed you'll probably see another dress you want to buy for another event and that can replace it so I'm really big on right now you know paying it forward thinking about who else can use that in your closet and that'll that'll release some of the anxiety hopefully and also say you know what I'm doing this for a good cause because somebody else is going to wear this and love it and even your friends they come over and they're like I love this I love this I'm seeing a lot of friends do closets, you know, closet swaps. Like you come to my place, take what you want. I'll come to yours. Here's the section and all that. And those are just, it's so fun. And it really gets you in the mindset of, yeah, somebody else can use this.
0: And in the same way that we were talking about the kids' toys, when you move things around in your closet, we see them differently. Like we tend to move in almost autopilot. It's like you go in there the same few pieces stand out and everything else just becomes a blur. I remember my friend Jill came over to do this one time to help me organize my closet and to say like, this is something you'll probably wear. This is something it's time to let go of that. And having somebody else come over to help with that was so supportive. She used to work in retail and she was like, I love styling my wardrobe for the different seasons. So I'll pull out a scarf that is spring or summer colors and I'll, wrap that around a hanger so that it's more visible. So I'm more likely to wear it or to like freshen, freshen up the closet, basically move pieces that are in season to the forefront and move those other pieces, you know, out of, out of view essentially. And I had never thought of doing that. I
2: really need to do it again, to be honest, but it was so helpful. That's a great tip, and I think it reinvigorates your own closet. You're going shopping now in your own closet, and you you had a friend come over. There's also like a lot of professional organizers like myself that go into homes to help you. I refer out to a few in Vancouver area that are phenomenal, and they will go with you side by side and and help you also get rid of the items or give them to another cause or say this can be sold. Also, a lot of cons- uh, pre love shops will come to your home if you have a lot of items in your closet and buy clothes. So there's so many options today for support with the closet. What's your advice for clothing that no longer fits, that you're hoping will one day fit again? You know, I've had this problem myself and I just, you know, I think, okay, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm getting back on the health train. I will fit into those pants. But when you fit into those pants, you'll no longer like them and they'll no longer probably be in that fashion, anyways. So get rid of them. If you do go back to that weight that you wanted or whatever, maybe it's a treat to buy yourself something new or whatever it is. But I definitely don't think about keeping bigger clothes or smaller clothes. It's not, you know, if you're pregnant or things like that, that might change things, but really not. Don't try to keep clothes for your weight. Otherwise, it's gonna either make you anxious, sad, frustrated and take up valuable real estate in your closet.
0: Moving forward, moving, moving forward. forward. I've never thought of that either, that oftentimes, even if your body was to change again, that you wouldn't be into that style, yeah. that things would have move forward and <laughs> you're not going to want to wear them anyways.
2: We're always wanting to update a few pieces anyway. So get rid of the stuff that doesn't fit now and sell it, get rid of it. And then when you if ever change again, get yourself a new outfit. And Have maybe a stylist help or a friend to get an outfit that you can wear that's going to be timeless or that you can wear again or whatever it may be.
0: Okay. So when we're talking about the closet, we're heading in, we're looking at items from the last season or all of our items and saying, does this actually spark joy? Does this fit me? Am I likely to wear it again? Why didn't I wear it last season? And we've got that donate bin that we're putting things into that no longer... Fit or that we're no longer inspired by. We're just throwing them in that bin. And then we're moving it out of our space to donate it, to sell it, whatever it is. Then we are taking those pieces that we have. And I imagine picking them up off the floor, taking them out of the laundry basket, hanging them up, maybe giving them a little style I also love to put my diffuser on in my closet. Uh, it's not like I have this massive closet. I don't even have an outlet in there, but I will pull it around just to freshen things up a little bit. And I love doing any of these things with some good music on too, because why should we suffer in silence when <laughs> we're doing this? Put on a good podcast, get some good music going, pour yourself a glass of wine if that works for you or have like a beautiful matcha latte just really set the scene that this is actually making me want to do this too. me want
2: to get more organized right now. So this is great motivation. <laughs> Listen to this podcast and get your closet organized.
0: And then any other tips that you would say for that closet area?
2: Sometimes I like to uh, help clients by putting, you know, their hangers the wrong way. This is a, an age old trick. I didn't invent it, but it's, you know, if you want to really get nitty gritty and say, okay, I don't, I'm not sure what I wore this year say okay we're going to put all our hangers facing this way when you wear something face it the other way and next year when we do this exercise we're going to really see what we didn't wear so this is for if we need that extra kind of visual motivation of what we didn't wear because after that if your closet is half you know unworn those items really need to be um, reviewed in terms of are you going to wear them this year now so that's another tip It is going to take a little bit of time to implement, but it it does help with the visualization of what you didn't wear.
0: I'm working with someone at this company called Wishy. They're an app that you can upload pieces from your closet to, and then they'll review pieces in your closet and give you suggestions of items to purchase and you tell them what your style is. And I've really noticed that as I'm getting older that my style has become so much more minimalist. Like I know I'm not boho chic anymore. <laughs> I'm not going back to the sixties. I don't need a lot of sequins. I love really good, classic, timeless pieces. Sometimes have a little bit of fun in them uh, that work well with each other. So this is what you would probably call more of a capsule collection or minimalist style. And what I love about it is that all the pieces do work with one another. So I'm much more likely to get use out of the stuff that I do have in my closet. What's your style game? What's your closet
2: look like? So this is, I, I actually like that app and I know one of the founders and I was so interested in when this app came out because there's a lot of different ones and I use an app to help track my closet because like you, I'm always in different houses. So you don't know where your items are. So I like to actually know where my clothes are and my closet is so perfect but I love organizing it and I'm you know I would rather stay in on Saturday night and organize my closet than go for a nice dinner so I'm very I'm not normal <laughs> so when people come over and look at my closet I say I don't want anyone to strive for this but I have been spending my whole life you know organizing my closet and it um, I do struggle with getting rid of things but I do now have very curated expensive clothes because I've bought them and they've lasted for I've had them for 10 plus years some of them. My dresses are, you know, I rewear them. I don't shop anymore rarely. I don't say don't, but I, you know, the Zaras and anything mass produced, I try not to shop at anymore. I still, you know, Vancouver will go into the shores and get a few pieces, but they then I donate them after a few wears because I'm like no. So I'm really trying to focus on higher quality. It is more expensive, but it let the cost per wear Is a lot less. And I put it into an app to say, okay, it's in this closet. The amount of time it takes to put that into that app knows that it's valuable. You know, I'm not gonna put a $20 coat that I got on Sheen or something on there because it's just pointless. (laughs) So becoming aware of that um, I think is really important. And like you said, as we get older, we have this, we have our style a bit more refined than we did in our 20s and 30s but there is so many professional stylists out there in your area that can, or online that you can come to with apps that will help you determine your style as well. And I wish I would have started when I was younger because it really would have helped me, but it's, it's also a learning process.
0: Oh yeah, I mean I feel like I'm just getting started with this type yep. of thing. Wishy is actually so well priced. What's the um I think it's like forty dollars to have an outfit styled and you can do a complete closet overhaul for five hundred bucks and they will go in and like look at every piece of clothing that you have and mix and match it. What's the app that you use? for managing clothes
2: so I use closet plus Um, it's not a styling tool though I don't use a capsule wardrobe styling tool but I really recommend it for a lot of people I have a, a stylist that I use personally that I've just used for a long time so she's always helping me and that's a personal choice but apps are great so closet plus is simply an inventory app in terms of where it is a picture of it how much it costs you can do the cost per wear like put a tag on it every time you wear it um, I don't do that, but it just, it helps me keep my closet organized and what I have. And if I'm putting too much stuff into this app, I'm shopping too much. It just sounds like it would be annoying and another
0: task to have to continue and yes, keep adding exactly. this stuff in. But if it's like a few pieces that you have purchased mindfully, then a whole nother ball game.
2: I remember when I first started this, I w- I went shopping once and I was like, oh my gosh, all this Zara, like all this stuff, I don't have time to put this in. And then I was like, okay, this is where I need to make a shift. <laughs> If you have multiple homes, you cannot have too much clothes. Like it's a tendency to want to fill those, but you really want to know what you have in each of these. So an app really helps, but also just keeping them both minimal to those locations.
0: Yes. Okay. So I really wanted to dive into the closet piece and there's another area of the home that I want to touch on. But before we get there, can we just talk about the maintenance of systems? So you've, you have gone through, you've spent time tidying up your closet or that area um, filled with toys in the house, or you decluttered the fridge. So you've gone through, you've spent time, you've put the systems in place. Now, regular human beings continue operating in the same patterns that they did the day before and the day before that. So most likely, even though the system is in place within a month or two, it's going to look different if you just continue operating the same way that you were before, you're going to end up with the same result. So talk to me a little bit about the maintenance of the systems. This is where I need some support.
2: We all do. And I think any kind of system we start with, whether it's a new email system, whether it's, you know, in business, we're using customer you know CRM, a customer relationship management system, or we're having a new accounting software. We don't just overnight learn how to do it. It takes dedication and time until you become comfortable with that system know how to use it you know find out all the quirks whether it's with technology or not I say when you set up a new system it should be like a new job or a new process and you treat it like that so every it's not going to be perfect the first six months are probably going to be a learning curve that's okay. So we're allowed to go back and say, okay, that's not working. I I can't find anything after this organization. Or I need to actually move my pants to the front so I can actually get better access because now it's a mess. Or I can't fold them. I need to hang them. So it has to be an everyday kind of thing. Like I said in the beginning, 10 minutes a day, put it in your calendars. In the morning, maybe it's a 10-minute closet system upkeep at nighttime in your calendars every single day. And then that mindset shift will be like, okay, I need to work on this every day because it doesn't happen. I, I love it when people get professional organizers to come for their whole house, but they say that's not the solution. It's just, it's, it's helping in the beginning, but you need some kind of accountability, maybe keep them going or talk to somebody or put it in your calendars to keep that system going.
0: So important. I think those reminders for me are really key. One thing I've been working on getting organized with are my finances. So I've spent the last year and a half, like really actually for the first time learning how to use QuickBooks and how to actually track my receipts and put them in consistent folders. It was so hard at the beginning for me. I wanted nothing to do with any of it, basically. Like there was stuff there that needed to get unpacked from an emotional level. Once we had unpacked some of that, I was able to move into the space where I could actually consistently start looking at that stuff. But I have to have reminders in my calendar weekly to check in with it. And then obviously monthly when I'm doing all of my accounting, doing my bookkeeping in order to ensure that the system is still in play. And so I think those reminders in the calendar are really key or having an accountability buddy as well to be like, Hey, how's that thing
2: going? All my business clients, I say, we need to put in a monthly accounting date with yourself. It might be 30 minutes, an hour, and I get them to tell me the date and time. So sometimes I follow up randomly with clients and I say, okay, your accounting date. So mine is every Friday at 1130. If something comes up, I can move it on my calendar. But every single week, I go through my finances and my accounting. I can't add in public. I don't, I'm not good at math. But as an entrepreneur, I also didn't want anything to do with it. But we need to know and we have to create the system and face that fear and create it so every single week now organizing the receipts putting it into QuickBooks the same in your personal budgeting in in your home life you should have a system for that and we can't be scared we're not taught it in school which we know is unfortunate but we should have been taught how to you know do our finances just even the basics and I think that all has to do with organizing you know from the closet to your finances you want to feel at ease and know you have it under control
0: I think the, the biggest thing is carving out that time daily when you're doing a bit of organization and recognizing it's just not something that's going to be done on its own. So I know in our home, at the end of the day, the dishes are always done. The counters are cleared and wiped off. The laundry, it's like a quick check. Is the wet stuff in the dryer <laughs> not going to start to mold and all of the things? The kids' toys and everything is away. You know, we're really working with the kids in the morning around making their beds and doing a quick tidy of their space instead of leaving the toothbrushes spewing about toothpaste everywhere. Like we have to go back and just quickly check our, check our space before we move on to the next space. So working on instilling not only in ourselves, but in the kids. This moment at the end of the day, it's almost like a little ritual of tidying and organizing the space. There are so many areas where I could be better at this and where I need to continue tweaking and improving. My car is always dirty. For example, (laughs) my office space, when I'm in here, I am working. Like if you were to see right now, there are piles of paper everywhere. There's like gifts that have come in from companies that want me to try their products and stuff. So I think what I'll say on this episode, this area or space for me, I could really carve out 10 minutes at the end of a work session to just tidy up. And perhaps just doing that daily would probably make a huge difference.
2: And it'll save you time in the long run. (laughs) So it's always... You know, that scheduled a little bit of time, like you said, for your receipts once a week, it's versus doing it all at the end of the year and missing things that causing so much stress and anxiety, that calm at the end of the day. And you, you said it exactly right when you said it takes work. Your entire family is working. We always want quick solutions. They say, oh, can I hire you to just organize, you know, go into my back end of my business and organize it all. I can't, I can do it for you, but it's useless because you have to put in the work and understand the systems. And also, that's just life. We need to kind of do the work. And even if you have somebody always coming to your house to, you know, clean up or tidy, there's still things you have to do on a daily basis, like your kids, making sure there's no toothpaste in the sinks before bed. Those little rituals are really what we just have to do to stay organized. And um, a lot of us want some quick solutions or um, something that'll make it, you know, but it's, it's just dedicating time getting support where you need to work through the blockages and the um, emotional attachments and the stuff and all of that, but creating the time. And we all have it. We have more time than we think. We just sometimes don't use it properly.
0: I have to give a big shout out to my husband, Scott, in this episode, because he is so organized and has taught me so much over the years of being with him. I swear I drive him. Absolutely up the wall. He comes from a family that was very organized. Everything was labeled. Everything had a place. You put your shoes and made sure that they were lined up. And then he met me, who I am the most organized in my family. And yet he would be like, why do you take the lint out of the dryer and just chuck it down the side of the dryer? Like, who's going to pick that up? Or you take the, the garbage out and you put it in the garage rather than continuing around... To actually put it into the garbage. So, one of the things for me that he's really taught me is task completion. So, when you start something, what does it look like to complete the task before moving on to the next thing? And so, you know, for me, when I'm taking the garbage out to the garage, I'm thinking the garbage is full and I'm, I'm making dinner right now. I'm going to put it in the garage so it's out of the kitchen thing, but I don't want to put my shoes on and, and a coat and have to go all the way outside. Somebody, <laughs> I don't know who, somebody else. <laughs> and as Scott has pointed out, it's him. will take it <laughs> and complete the task. But really even just reminding myself, what does it look like to complete this task? And so that could be, what does it look like to complete your work day and really to like round out That work day means shutting things down before you transition to the next thing. What does it look like to complete dinner time prep? Mm -hmm. Probably doing the dishes, turning on the dishwasher. And so I don't know. This is just something that I've been personally working on that he shared with me that really helped.
2: Oh, I love that. It's such a the task completion. It's very operations-focused, like you treat your home like a business, which is great because it is. And I always share that, too, because you, you, you lose efficiency and, you know, you want your whole home to be as productive and you want time to spend doing the fun things you like. So that way to attach it to tasks is phenomenal. And, um, you know, we don't want to... Sometimes we say, oh, it's too organized or we don't need to, you know, it doesn't have to, your home doesn't have to look perfect, but that task completion is just something that has to be done and it becomes a routine. Like you said, the dishes now automatically get done because it's become a habit. What we've made the time for, it's not going to, no one else is going to do it for you. It needs to be done. Just like your closet cleaning, you can have a little bit of support, but you are going to have to take some steps and put something physically into the donate bin and take it somewhere, have somebody pick it up to get rid of it. There's nothing else this podcast or anybody else can do for you, but you have to do it.
0: And it feels so good. It does. It's like so easy to turn to the social media or the Netflix to get that little dopamine hit. But oh my God, when you do these things that are a little bit harder to maybe activate, the reward is just so incredible.
2: Especially if somebody else can use the items, it is like an even bigger reward. And you've been holding on to stuff that really people need um, or will love. This is such a big reminder. I, like spring, it's a perfect time to really dig deep and say, "What can I give to somebody else who needs it?"
0: Oh, so I'm so I am so excited to just start decluttering, to start cleaning. Thank you so much for all of your tips. And Jane, where can people find you if they'd like to know more about you or
2: if they'd like to work with you? So I'm most active on Instagram at Organize Jane and my website, organizedjane.com. You could also um, find myself and book a free co- consult as well. If you're interested in working with me for your home and or business.
0: All right, everyone, take what resonates with you. Think about what your aha moment is from this episode. What's one action step that you are going to take from our conversation and carry it with you this week. You know where to find me next week.
1: Thanks for taking the time to listen to this week's episode. Please take a moment to rate, review, or follow on your favorite podcast app and share this episode with someone that you think could benefit. Join the Raw Beauty Talks community at Raw Beauty Talks. And remember, it's your story, your body, your mind, and your journey. So think about what resonates with you and leave the rest behind. I'll see you next week.